Okay, we're recording. I just think this banter about figuring out how to be comfortable, well, <laughs> I think it's something that could be like, it's you not know, interesting. outtakes. Mm-mm. No, people like I will it. say, I think that we <laughs> should start at the very beginning and take a bet on when this goes to editing. And by editing, I mean me sitting on this very couch editing it. <laughs> who's going to have the worst audio problems? Is it going to be me, who so far has had no audio problems? Or is it going to be you, who is uh, having audio problems? It might be me. Okay. It might be. Maybe it's the position you are sitting. No, what I guess it's not. You haven't had audio like problems my, in this specific spot. My specific, like the my posture or or do something different and then when i edit it i'll tell you how bad it makes the audio okay (laughs) it'll be (laughs) it'll be a process of elimination we'll just eliminate it will just take a very long time to figure it out okay are we i got a long list of topics i got since we're gonna I'm get started the only person who's bringing content to the table I, it's gonna be the I alley offered, show pretty soon I, I offered so many ideas lies lies name two ideas that you have okay, offered okay okay i guess it's i guess it's for future guests <laughs> no you've offered plenty of future sponsors but oh, not I've, future I've, talked guests. About, I've talked about sponsors <laughs> i've talked about yeah i we were we were naming some guests last night Anyway. Okay, are you ready for my first no, hot no, take question? No, we didn't start yet. Oh, okay. We didn't start yet. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> and welcome to the Batir We Go podcast. This is Joe Batir and Ali Batir. We are coming at you not live, but close enough we're live right now and we're just hanging out in our in our living room this is our our typical i know we've had here we go podcast studio we've had guests the last two weeks and so this is just you and me it's date night just us right yeah podcast date night right so you've got a, a new list of questions for us to do I as our date night? I have a new list of questions slash topics to discuss. Mm, topics. Now keep in mind, um, before you come at me over here, because I am the only one providing content, it's not my fault that this content is mainly things that I'm interested in. <laughs> I I feel like I do bring some content. I feel like I I feel like it is a two-way conversation hold on did you just hear me with my nose yes <laughs> it's allergies absolutely <laughs> sorry <laughs> but whenever i do bring up something that that i'm interested in usually usually that gets cut that's a lie <laughs> i really don't cut that much stuff just stuff to make it flow it's true it's true um but next time it's just you and me I'll make sure to bring some content. Perfect. That would be much appreciated. Okay. Are you ready now? Yes. Okay. In honor of us being one and a half way through the Hunger Games movie franchise, here for the all the world to listen to, are you Team Peta or Team Gale? And now, and now I, I need you to answer, and then I need you to provide a reason for your answer. I will... I will say I'm Team PETA. And the reason that I am Team PETA is because he just has a really tough life. (laughs) Compared to Gail, who works in the coal mines? Yes, yes. Because here's the thing. He is hated by his district. One, because he's... Wait, 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 wait. Why is PETA hated by his district? If you let me finish... Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Keep in mind... Okay, go ahead. I won't... So... He's hated by his district because he's a rich boy in a poor district. So he's already hated. Then he goes and wins the Hunger Games, really riding Katniss's coat straps. Coattails. <laughs> riding Boots her coattails. <laughs> he rides her coattails all the way to the end. and And then makes it out alive when that should have never happened so now everybody's like oh well this guy is just fake news and then he he keeps well i say he keeps making up these lies which everybody else is digging but 
but as as a grown man and even when i read the books i guess almost, you read the hunger games books yeah i read them all of them yeah they're good is this before we met or after we met uh before fascinating yeah they're good books i mean if you're into teen drama they lo- the the category to which this book falls is chick lit i believe no chick literature um i would say teen drama okay well we can agree to disagree we can agree to disagree but as i was saying before i was interrupted (laughs) i you're sassy today (laughs) very sassy i'm sorry i just keep getting interrupted it's okay go ahead so as i was saying hold on will you please forgive me for interrupting you i forgive you okay let's move i forgive you um so lies you as, said lies like, as reading the book he came up with these lies and even as a as a 20 something year old man i'm like this is this is ridiculous like everybody can read through this and i'm sure that his entire district was like it's so obvious and president snow was like it's so obvious you're a liar but of course the capital them all being, you know, as smart as they are, they were all just eating it up. You have your hand raised. Did yes. we read the same book? What are you talking about? He was a liar and lied the whole time. Well, maybe he had a crush on Katniss true, at the beginning. True. That's true. The whole baby thing, the whole marriage thing. I know Katniss was part of the marriage fake news. Right. But he came up with the baby thing all on his own. Right. But Fake news. So. And then, okay. And then to finish it up, if you haven't read the books by now. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Spoiler alert. You've missed. I think that was our ice machine. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you guys will hear that. Our ice machine just made some ice for loud. us. But in the last book, like he definitely has it the worst. Like. Oh, yeah. He screwed he, in the last book. Like. So you originally feel bad for him maybe not feel bad for him but you like love to hate him because he's not like everybody else and then you just feel bad for him because he's just got such a hard life okay maybe i should have one i think it's hilarious how because <laughs> that was such a male perspective of the question but let me clarify what i mean by the question of team Gil, team pita who do you think <laughs> should end up with Katniss. I don't care what you think of them. Who do you think should end up with Katniss? Or who do you think is the best romantic match? Who are you shipping, as the youth say? That's the question I was asking, which I know is a quote-unquote girly question, but that you're my husband. I can ask you girly questions. We're now at one bar on the battery, by the way. So does that mean we have five minutes? This is the shortest podcast of all time? No, it just means we're not going to be able to record the other podcast. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Um... I would say I am. Was that not even like a thought while reading the books? Because like for when I no, say... I mean, well, no, not really. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't go into books like hoping for something to happen. I go in wanting to the story. I want the story. I'm not, I'm not trying to will them into doing what I want. Got it. So, in that sense. No, I was not thinking about it at the time. But I would still say PETA just because he, I feel like he is more more present mm. and more of a well-rounded individual. Okay, okay. Where's Gail? And I think when we go to like present day even, for some people, all they have is to survive. Mm. And that's kind of what Gail was doing. Like his life was survival. Mm. So it's it's a it's a hard lot in life if that's all you get to do is survive. But because of that, he didn't really I don't feel like he had the ability to grow as a mm. as a person right he wasn't as emotionally available because his survivor skills were in high gear yes got it that's that wow there you go 
What? <laughs> so, that was a really good question. I think, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm Team Peta. It's fine. <laughs> I hate Gail. Gail's the worst. Um, Gail is a perfect... Ex- can you elaborate? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have like seven more hours for me to elaborate on nope. this point? Um, this is how I see it. I see Gail as... He's like a fine guy. He's not... There's nothing like fundamentally flawed. I mean, we all have flaws, but he's not like trash. But I think it's a great example of like how just because people love each other doesn't mean that they're good together. Mm-hmm. And so I think like he and Katniss love each other simply because of the survival thing, the rough life, and they grew up together. And so they have that bond, but they don't necessarily work well together. They don't complement each other. And, and I don't see from like a family perspective, I don't think they would. I don't think that don't they think would they'd make it. I don't know. They wouldn't make it good. Yeah. Good I just don't think they, they do. I don't think they would do well in that regard. Um, but I for I think I feel like Peta not in I'm I'm not really into like the opposites attracts thing. I don't think that's like the end all I don't think that's the the case for every relationship. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I feel like they complement each other and they bring out the best in each other and challenge each other in their worst parts. But then when Gail and Katniss are together, I just feel like they exacerbate their worst qualities. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I understand what you're saying there. So there you go. Team Peta. Team PETA. Forever and always. You've heard it here. Team PETA. Okay, let me get my question what's list the, What's the next question you got? Okay, so last week, last on week. our podcast with um, my mother and stepdad, you made a comment. And I, I knew what you were trying to say, but we didn't get to like press in on that. And I mm. thought, hmm, if people mm. are listening, I think they'd be very confused by that comment. So let me restate what you said paraphrase it and then you can kind of explain what you meant but we it was in the middle of us talking about climate change which we talked a little bit about that throughout but so globally just climate change yeah um you said that there are benefits to climate change would you like to explain that yeah yeah i would like to explain that sure thank you for the opportunity you're so welcome dr bertier so when i say there are benefits to climate change i think I think let me let me explain this with a story. Growing up, we would do two vacations. One year we would go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the mountains. The other year we would go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I love the mountains, but I also love the beach. So what's the benefit to climate change? Well, us here in Dallas we're going to get the beach. So that's the benefit. We we get beachfront property. <laughs> no, that's this not what a it, joke. that's that's a joke for anybody who who uh thought who you knows, were serious. Who thought I was serious. That that's actually a joke. It is something that will happen. People people all along the Mississippi are going to end up with new beachfront property. But what I was saying with climate change not the climate change itself is not the benefit. The idea of climate change, the idea that we are the ones who are exacerbating it, because that's what we were talking about is, is human made climate change or, or man made climate change because of things like burning fossil fuels. And, and that's where I'm saying Fossil fuels have a very, very significant impact on life. And, and through the Industrial Revolution, we, we, we advanced society. We increased life expectancy. We have begun to, to really control our environment. Like right now, it's, it's probably upper 80s outside Fahrenheit. Whereas we're sitting inside, I'm wearing a sweatshirt because... And I'm wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. So for some reason, we like it cooler and, and we, can, we can do that. Now, I'm not saying I'm, 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 not saying I'm proud that we, we make it so cold that we need a jacket in the summertime. 
Like that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have the benefit of not dying during the summer right. when it's super hot out. Right. You're saying that it's, it's impossible to advance technologically without some negative side effect to the planet. Or it's not I'm, impossible, but we would not be where we are technologically without what we did to the planet. Yeah. I'm saying we were doing what we thought was best for society. Right. And I now looking back on it, now that we have more data, maybe we should be doing something else right is the way to put it but that doesn't mean that we don't have to we don't necessarily have to take the blame and the guilt and and everything because of everything that happened before right but we should be trying to do something to make the situation better oh my gosh you want to know what i love about what you just said Yes, tell me. That's exactly how I feel about systemic racism. Yes, totally. Right. We don't need to feel guilty about it because maybe we were doing what we thought was best given the parameters or the culture or the beliefs or worldview to which we were at. Yeah. But now that we are aware of what systems or laws have done and the negative consequences of that, I feel that it is our responsibility to do what we can to fix that or to change things to make things more equal. Yes, I agree. Now, I will say there is a difference between the climate change and systemic racism. Oh, really? There is a difference? There is, there is. But <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that because with fossil fuels, there is, not a, there is not a clear way to replace the system right, we right, have right, built right. on fossil fuel driven energy. Because, like, do you really think that we'll ever get to a place where we have 100% electric vehicles? Because, like, we've talked about this that? before because you you can't... Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. We don't have the technology to fly, a, like, a jet plane across to Europe on something that's not gasoline we're, or we're, jet fuel. We're working on it. Okay. There are... What, what kind of things are they... Like, what do they hypothesize would be able to produce enough energy to do so that? So there are... There are multiple different tests. There are very, very large, very inefficient solar planes. There are planes that run specific engines on a similar to a biodiesel, except it's like a biojet fuel. There, you can run hydrogen through, through, um, natural gas turbines which is basically the same turbine engine that you have on 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 some jets so there are fuels that can run the the key point and this is i think where you may be going with that is that fossil fuels hydrocarbons jet fuel they are the most energy dense right 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 substance in the world so think of it that like we calories know of. think of it like calories fat has a lot more calories in it than protein or than carbs so like hydrocarbons are the are like the super fat of nature and that's why something like flying across a an ocean that takes us nine hours to get across why that's not really like it, it's a miracle. Feasible. It's a, it's an absolute miracle, but it's not really scary or it's not a big deal anymore. Like we can do it and it's fine and we know how, and it's, we don't have to like ever wonder as we get on that plane, are we actually going to make it across the ocean? Like that's not really a problem, but when you start decreasing the amount of energy in your fuel, then you have to like run the numbers again and change things around. Maybe make smaller planes and, and put less people on them. Right. You know what this reminds me of though? What? And I'm not going to say systemic racism. This reminds me of a book series that I was obsessed with in middle school. It was, I again, like that chick lit or like. Left uh, behind. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, this is this conversation is not reminding me from Left Behind. I actually only read a couple of the Left Behind books. Okay, okay. I think they scared me too much, so I didn't read them. Good. No, it was called Good. Airborne, and they um, were actually they they were flying. They had optioned it to be a movie way back ago, and it never got picked up. Which, if anyone, <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Joe. If anyone is listening from Hollywood, let me tell you, you would make millions on this book series. We will we will be consultants on the film. Right, as an avid fan. No, it's called Airborne, and it. long story short, it's essentially like kind of like a thing like Pirates of the Caribbean-like world, so in that like early 1800s type of uh, steampunk mm, vibe yeah, kind steampunk. of a thing. Um, but instead of like airplanes and stuff, the main mode of travel is um, air balloons. So, the Zeppelins. So like Zeppelins. And, and that's like, but it's like pirate ships or like, you know, like those type of ships, Ooh, yeah, but cool. Zeppelins, cool. but everything, the, how they were able to make that feasible in this fictional world is they made up an element called, I think I'm going to get this right, hydrium. And that was like the, like the natural gas in this world that allowed them to, and to have that be like their main mode of travel. So and maybe that's because there was just more of it. So that way, or it could actually carry more material. I think there's just like a lot. I don't know. I don't know what the author's intent on it was, but um, like the, the balloons were full of hydrium and like the character would like found a cave full of hydrium that helped wow. him in some cave full of hydrium. Right. And so maybe we just need it? to go find like what are what are the odds that there is some unknown element that we've yet to discover? Maybe in the melting ice caps, it's going to release a brand new element. Or aliens. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. Remember that, everybody. We said it first. Aliens. <laughs> I think that. I think what you're saying there there are some interesting things to that, in in what we are doing in science like have you heard of graphene i've heard of graphite okay so there's graphene okay is which it is, related it is it's okay. still carbon So like the pencil stuff it's all carbon it's a different so graphene somebody correct me if i'm wrong somebody out there listening but it is a single Hold on, can I just pause real fast? I just love that you think that any of the 20 people that are listening to this are going to correct you. Hey. A doctor. Hey, you never know. The holder of geophysics. You never know. (laughs) I appreciate your humility. I'm not saying that we have trolls listening, but this is what trolls live for. Correcting people. They live to call people out on the internet. I thought of goblins when you said that, but now I understand that you're talking about internet trolls. <laughs> internet trolls. Okay, can Don't carry feed on. the trolls. <laughs> carry on. Okay, carrying on. So graphene is this single, single molecule thick and very precisely laid out uh, carbon sheet. Okay. And it has like... it. It essentially has superhero kind of powers. I'm it has, listening. It has very, very high tensile strength. So, Hold like, on. what the heck is a tensile? So, so let me finish. If it, if you shoot it with a bullet, and it's like three layers thick, it won't break. So that tensile strength means that you can try and tear it, and it won't, it won't tear. Interesting. And then it, it's super lightweight. And it also has really, really weird, like it has very high electrical conductivity. So like the idea of, of, um, of a fabric that has memory, graphene essentially does have a memory. You can, you can order the different molecules in a very specific way. So that way, when you give it an electrical charge, it turns into a specific shape. So it's it's it really is like science fiction kind of stuff. And where is it found? It is it is like a natural element or man made. It's all carbon and it's it's all man made. So it's like a very very long lengthy process to actually get to the point of having just like a sheet of. And- paper size of graphene what would be the like the uses for it like what would a commercial use of it be 
I think they're trying to apply it to pretty much anything where where you have those problems of needing to figure out something that's super strong but also has like super lightweight capabilities. Example? I don't know. <laughs> we have no idea what it's going to be used for. I mean there's there's a It sounds cool as heck yeah. though. You're right. It does sound like something from like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Are you... uh, I'm going to look it up. Oh, I was like, uh, you're not paying attention. Okay, well, while you look that up, we're going to move on to a section that you wanted to do. So here is some content that you decided. Okay. I I retract me um, yelling at you at the beginning. You wanted for us to read the reviews from our podcast on the air and comment them. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. Now, I feel like I can't truly comment as much on them because I know exactly who wrote these reviews and they're listening to this right now. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. We can... So, um, while you look that up, I'm going to go look this up. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it. Who knows? Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe I'll just talk to myself. I'm not going to read this. I'm on the Wikipedia page. I am right. I'll just I'll just read the first part. Okay. Graphene is an allotrope of carbon consisting of a single layer of atoms arranged in a two-dimensional honeycomb lattice nanostructure. The name is derived from graphite. Boom. And the suffix "-een", <laughs> reflecting the fact that the graphite allotrope of carbon contains numerous double bonds. I'll stop it there. Yeah, that's about as much as we needed on that. Do you still want me to read these reviews? <laughs> I think they're funny. And okay. we can do they have um do they have screen names? Can we can we give them a shout out? Right. This is more equal than others. More equal than others. I won't share his real name on the air. We don't know his real name. Wink <laughs> wink. <laughs> Okay, if you thought finding a geologist with a penchant, is it penchant or penchant? Penchant. Okay, I said it right. I didn't want my twang to get in the way. (laughs) If you thought finding a geologist with a penchant for fishing married to a former Disney radio star was impossible to find, you're right, it is. Except it's not because (laughs) we're right here. Wait, was that the end of it? No, it was the beginning of it. I just wanted to add in a snarky comment. It's super cringy, which is rude, with a side of extravagant. The topics are scripted but the content discussion swings as wildly as the pendulum would allow. Unlike Generation X, this married team is as reliable and relatable as an aging millennial <laughs> couple can be. You will not be disappointed for expla- explanation point marks? Points? Points. Okay. Now, I is that it? That's, that's the end that's of it? That's the first one, yeah. So I think that... I think there's a lot of interesting things there. Well, I, hold on. Can I do say the title of it is But Here We Go Into the Unknown. So at this point, cue the music. We will now sing a full rendition of Frozen 2's. I'm totally joking. Please don't. Into the no, please don't. <laughs> Again, why do you sing better on this? Into no, the okay, unknown. <laughs> okay, uh, no more. No. Into the unknown. Really, though? Do you just need to like have better... like? Like um, I need I headphones? need the headphones. Is that, I'm just imp- I'm impressed, and I need a real microphone. Right, and you actually want you're trying, which I feel like you don't try anyway. Well, that's a whole nother. I also discussion. think it's like when you're trying to hear yourself, like you usually are a lot louder. Whereas like right now, I'm I don't feel like I'm being loud. Right. So like I almost feel like I'm whispering singing, and you feel like you're singing, singing better whisper singing because I sing better yeah. when I belt whisper singing. Anywho. Um, yeah, that's a nice review. There we was something it. in there. We are not cringy. Oh, and the, what is something about being scripted? So the, the, yeah, I was going to say, we, I, there's like a list of like five or typically there's like two or three things that I just have on a list and we'll talk, like touch on them all, but everything else is completely just us talking. And I usually don't tell you what's on the list yeah, prior to coming know. up. It's not scripted. And there's been times where you and I were having a conversation and you'll be like, no, stop saving for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we never get back to it. No, we need to stop that. I do want to point out one thing for that person. Right. This is something that that when you're going to dinner parties, you should have two or three topics ready to go and talk Uh, about. uh, Yes, for sure. So... That's why I'm such a great conversationalist. Whoever greater equal than others is, I would say... 
<laughs> not part of the Toastmasters <laughs> should be your screen name. Oh, he's going to yell at me. Well, he should yell at making a better review. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to the next one? Yeah, let's go you to the it. next okay, one. This one's titled, So Worth the Time <laughs> by Big B839. Big B839. <laughs> Have so, you, hold on. Have, Let yes. me just take a guess. No. Big B, 839. <laughs> we don't need to guess. We don't need to say people's names on the air who haven't given I, consent. I think this is somebody who is between 8th and 11th grade based on the <laughs> name and the numbers in their screen name. Now I'm really going to get yelled at. Or they made the screen name between 8th and 12th grade or 11th grade. Eight, three, anyway, can we continue? <laughs> okay. Okay. Have you ever wondered what a family of three down on the end streets in Dallas, Texas thinks about? Then give this podcast a follow. Allie freaks out and Joe shouts out. Need I say more? Okay, I will. Lebre <laughs> <laughs> hot takes. Le Moon. Parenthood. Musicals. Science expert Joe. But here we go to sleep. The world is ending. Or at least it seems that way. Also, but here we go is open to sponsors. So if you got the deal, let them know. Which honestly, that ending t- slash I, slogan is money. Yep, and I I appreciate that that review because they clearly listen, and they're trying to be a part of the show because they're rhyming. They're coming <laughs> up with witty things to say. I will say. say that both of these uh, people have personally requested to be guests well so. i'll tell you what they've earned guys it. or girls because i don't know who you are <laughs> i will say you can come on the show either anonymously you can come on the show and reveal that you were the ones who left those reviews <laughs> or you can come on the show and just be our guest and i don't need to know is this where we break out in the be our guest so please don't break out no, no. do you even know anyway continue. yeah of course i do beauty and the beast great great movie great movie <laughs> love it <laughs> Um, yeah, come on down, be our guest, okay. service to the test. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually we won't be serving you. I don't want food next to the mics. Oh my gosh. Um, so those are our two reviews, both five stars. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for the five star reviews. Hey, everybody else, oh if you gosh. haven't left a review yet, stop. please do. We'll give you a big shout out on the show and... If you haven't left us five stars, that really helps us oh my gosh. get out there and <laughs> it it helps people find us. And this you is where, know, this is the cringe. This since is the you cringe. guys are listening, you know how much fun this is. And we want to share that fun with everybody. <laughs> are you ready for my next? How long have we been talking? Yeah, 30 minutes. Okay, this may be a short podcast, but it's fine. Well, you know, sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're tall. You never know. Yeah, big dog, little dog. <laughs> now, it's. I was gonna shout out and make fun of you, but are you, are you ready? Were you gonna make a shout out to Big B? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where, so where's Little B? Shout out Doctor Seuss, the big, big dog, little dog book. You know, I do miss Little B. Okay, we no one knows what you're talking about. I know, but I could tell them. Okay, well, we'll move on and we'll come back to. We'll that. we'll have a fishing podcast one of these days. Yeah, sure, you will. Okay, I'll so, tell you all about Lil B. Okay, so this is a tweet that Sky Jatani posted today. Now, Sky Jatani, he is a um, former pastor, a Christianity Today contributor. I just recently read his book. Um, what is it called? <laughs> it was basically how to take Jesus seriously, which is really really good. And then, uh, or no, what was Jesus? Anyway, I'll tell, I'll put it in the show notes. But then I'm currently reading mm. his book called With, which is really good. But he's the co-host of The Holy Post with Phil Vischer. So this is a tweet that I thought was really interesting. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it. It's a short tweet. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So it says, assuming empathy equals liberalism and truth equals conservatism is one of the most foolish things American Christianity has ever done. Is that the end of the tweet? That's the end of the tweet. Hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Has that hmm. been? Because this is interesting. Because I was raised within the church, and you came. And to you th- felt that way. And when you came to the faith in college, so I'm interested to see if we have different uh, well backgrounds on this. Let me let me clarify that a little bit. Do you want me to read it one more time? I would say that I always knew of Christ, oh, gosh, but I didn't actually know Christ. Right, right, right. Until college. The relationship was so there. yeah. 
So it's not that I didn't grow up in the faith. We did we did go to church. Mm-hmm. It was just something that, that never clicked for me. Right, right, right. But empathy equals liberalism. And truth equals truth conservatism. equals conservatism. That's just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about it in a quick way. Right. Which is a good thing that we've only talked for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) The, the tricky part there is that empathy and truth are not the same. Like they're not even, they're they're not not mutually exclusive. Yeah. One is a feeling. One is fact. So you is empathy really considered a feeling? I thought empathy yeah. was more of like a skill to empathize. But to empathize implies that you can understand the way they're feeling. Right, but if I'm sad, I say I'm sad, or if I'm happy, I say I'm happy. I don't say I'm empathy. But you if keep talking, I I'll say, look at the definition. If I say I'm sad, and you say I understand. That is you empathizing. Which is a verb. It's not a feeling. Whereas if I say the sky is blue and you say I understand, that's not empathy. I have the definition. Okay, let's hear it. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. It is not a feeling. It's the ability to share feelings with someone else. So one is sharing feelings. One is fact. Like truth, truth is right. discussing a, a fact and establishing facts. Whereas the ability to share feelings, I guess, is a is Let a me skill. explain it to you this way, because he's coming from a background that I, is my background. Okay. But I was essentially raised within like evangelicalism to where it was kind of like, I don't think anyone ever like, said this verbatim but because of everything that was being spoken about within church and evangelical world essentially it was like conservatives know what the truth is and liberals just feel really bad about a lot of stuff so they like to do things because they feel bad not necessarily because it's true or not not and it it may they just feel bad and so they want to help but it's not the thing that we should do they're just feeling bad about something and we also feel bad about it but this is the truth. So we're just going to stick with the truth. Does that make sense? Yes. So he's saying that assuming that anything on the liberalism side is simply just feeling bad about things and just acting on feelings, whereas conservatism is just acting on truth, is one of the most foolish things that American Christianity has ever done. I could see that. Yeah, I thought it was I see really what good. he's saying. And I think it's, I think it is tough because you, I mean, truth is, there is an absolute truth. Right. And establishing that truth is important. I think what you, what you do with that truth is, is what matters. Right. And you need to be able to empathize with people in order to in order to even be able to bring up the truth right like if you if you if you only deal in right and wrong or or truth versus fiction then then you're missing you're missing a lot which i guess goes into the i really the the gray area that is human perspective right 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 so if you can't if you can't change your perspective it it's very hard for you to be able to it's hard for you to be able to share truth with somebody else right and it doesn't matter who it is like i don't care who you are somebody else has a different perspective right whether whether it's you and me or whether it's one of us versus Jake or whether it's any one of our friends, like we all have a different perspective. So we need to be able to see that and empathize with that. And, and then from there, 
you can bring it back to the truth. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing right now in our culture, specifically in, in our country, is this kind of war over truth and what truth is. And I think what is, it's interesting because you see like, you could argue a lot of different points. Like you could argue some people are saying there's no such thing as absolute truth, which I would say is inaccurate. But then you also have people saying there is the there is absolute truth and absolute truth is everything that I that like, are all my opinions right and so it's like we are in this weird dichotomy of I feel like people think that there there's this dichotomy of like either you have to say everything is subjective and that there is abs there is no absolute truth or you have to say there is everything has to be 100% accurate or like what 100% true like I feel like we've lost that ability to have a nuanced conversation based on perspectives because you can say like obviously the sky is blue which is absolute truth but somebody's perspective on that or different like if they're blind or you know different perspectives changes that it doesn't change the absolute fact but it changes how that absolute fact affects other people which i think is important to listen to yeah yep yep i go. agree Boom. Well, let me go on my next topic. Yep. I'm just curious because I, I hear you swallowing. Yep. I don't know if it's mic position or. Probably. Or what. I don't know. We'll see if it comes up yeah, on that we'll thing because last time up. you said that too and it didn't I, come up. I don't know if it's just while we're doing the recording, if everything is just super magnified. You sound like you're yelling in my ears right now. I know you sound like you're yelling in my ears. <laughs> I think, but but now I'm not touching the volume because if I do, then it becomes screw it up like super hard for you to right. to change. Right. To then you got to split and change, amplify, deamplify. It's just it's just it's so much. Wait, we're gonna go back to our very very first topic. Do you remember what our very first topic was? Hunger Games. Right. Okay. So here's my question for you, which is being brought on by our conversation because I'm fascinated by how guys read books versus girls <laughs> uh, because okay. I don't know the things that you took out of that book is very different than what I took out thinking out loud one are there books specifically written for like teenage boys because there is like a whole genre of books written um, for teenage the girls. hardy boys okay but that came out like forever ago has there not been like a a new a new Hardy Boys. Any Hardy I mean, Boys, the next like, generation. Teen girls, they got Twilight, they got Hunger Games, they got. Uh, I mean, the, Nancy Drew. If you want to bring up the old that stuff. That one book that. Did you read Hatchet in school? No, it sounds sort of familiar, but is it like an old old? book? I'm talking like like new. It's not books. old. Are boys just not into reading? The Maze Runner. That would probably be more. That's more, more of a boy book. Boy book. Okay. Which is funny because that's like Haley's but, favorite. But I think it, I think there's a, a difference because the Hunger Games has a female lead. Right. A is for Annie. I know that's not the right name, but that has Anna a female Green lead. Cables. Yeah, yeah. Very old book. Still, female lead. Um, the Divergent, female lead. Right. What other books? Twilight, female lead. Right. Um, You're like walking runner, into a conversation that I'm really excited about. The Maze Runner, male lead. male lead. Right. So do other you, than that, I can't think of any other. Oh, what about that one with the... Um, Ender's Game? Ender's Game. Right. Male Haven't read lead. it, can't speak on it. Haven't read it, but the movie looks awesome. Right. Still uh, haven't watched the movie either, though. Do you think that... Book looks terrible. <laughs> just wanted to add that <laughs> movie looks great Haley's, never gonna read Haley's the book screaming at her wherever <laughs> she's listening to the song um do you think that teenage boys if not all men and please this is don't yell at me anyone <laughs> have a hard time reading books from a female's perspective or just are not interested in that i think it i think it depends and I think part of it is 
taking Hunger Games for an example, reading those books, Katniss is a... She's in like a more masculine role? No. No, she is indecisive and she is... Um, what? She just seems indecisive, untrusting, like she doesn't trust anybody, and she, I guess the, I think it's self-centered, like she thinks everything's right. about her, mm-hmm. and she only cares about herself, right. and she, she thinks everybody else is wrong, and she's a very interesting. She thinks character. everybody is the worst. Right. Yeah. And I think that is hard. For a guy to read. I think for I would imagine anybody I would say would I have, that was she was my least favorite character like while I, reading the books. And I feel like that would be I think it's hard because she was not a strong female lead. She was a female lead who She was physically strong and like strategic. She happened into the Hunger Games. Got it. And she became this de facto leader. But it is a very, very long process for her to actually become the leader that everybody wants her to be. And even then, I think it was, it's been a while since I read the books, but I feel like it wasn't until almost the end that I was finally like, Oh, she, she's finally come around and like trusts herself and trusts others and Mm. will, will lead. Right. So you just didn't like her character, her, her character development took too long for your liking. Sure. That didn't answer my question. (laughs) Well, I think it, I have not read any other books. With a female lead? Is that the only book you've read with a female lead? Probably. I mean, really? I don't I don't read fiction books often. Have you read a biography about a female? Have I read a biography about a female? No, I don't I don't read biographies either. Okay, well what books do you read? I read nonfiction. Okay. Like hunting books. Hunting books. Have you ever read a book about a female hunter? Because they exist. They do the exist. Few. So that means their books would probably be really good and easy uh, to find. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of a book about a female hunter. But I will say, there are a few female hunters I follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when they write a book, I'll probably get it. <laughs> because of this conversation... Look at me changing hearts and minds. Well, no, I would have gotten it anyway. Oh, why? Because the the food that she makes looks really good, and <laughs> and the um the hunting looks like a lot of fun too. Do you think? Because I I was thinking about this. When was I thinking about this? I notice, and maybe it's just because some female characters are not very well written. Though I mean, Hunger Games was written by a female author. But, uh, like, I hated Katniss. She, her yep. personality drove me freaking crazy. She yep. was, yeah, she was very insecure and decisive. And I was just like, just choose PETA and let's be done with it. <laughs> She's what? I said, just choose PETA and be done with it. Like, oh. we were spending three books on you yep. pining yep. after this Gale bro. Anyway. Um, but I, I remember growing up as a child, I preferred to read books from a male perspective. And I do not know why that was. And I don't know if it's because a lot of the books that are geared toward women feature very girly, feminine characters. And I've never considered myself extremely girly and or feminine. And so I didn't really relate to those characters. Uh, Or if like the subject matter of books written for girls with girl characters was very like shallow. And so I think that's why Hunger Games and like Divergent were so popular is because it was like one of the first times, especially in like a in the modern generation, where there was a female character, kind of like Nancy Drew, right? A female yeah. character who like, Nancy I mean Nancy Drew, Drew that's fun. She, she 
she kicked butt and took names like she's awesome for like the 1950s right within the domestic yeah. sphere that which she was i think i i think in. i did play nancy drew games growing up i Maybe made you play many. a nancy drew game with me like four years i know ago. but i think i've played a few before that right they're so good and where in the world's carmen san diego solid great game right that has a strong female lead right well and i think granted she's she's a criminal right what I think is a divergent in Hunger Games, it was the first time that a female was doing something that was not stereotype, like stereotypically girly and was like kind of like, because like girls like, girls like action, like girls like the Marvel yeah. series, like girls like a lot of those things that is typically reserved for men. And we don't have a lot of options where we see ourselves in those genres. And so I think when you do have a movie or a book that breaks that mold, like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman, like those were extremely successful films. I think you see that resonate with a lot of people because we don't have a lot of strong female characters that don't sacrifice their femininity, Mm -hmm. but it's not the only thing that defines them that you you see a lot of people respond to that. Yep. Yep. I, but God, we got to get you, you got to read more books with women there aren't enough out there <laughs> that you in the very but, very specific but, categories that you like well to take a step back i don't read fiction that often you really you don't read so often. i know we need to read more but i think the I think it is because of the stuff that I am interested in and the stuff that I'm right, reading. Right. And you didn't really read aren't. a lot. Girl. You told me, was it this morning that you spark noted most things in school? No, that was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Mrs. Shipe. And uh, Ms. Lehman, I read the books for your class. All you other English teachers, better luck next time. <laughs> so many good books. Don't worry. Don't worry. I've got my doctorate. It's in science. Now you are just supporting kids Don't worry skipping. About it. We're cutting this out. You're setting a bad no, example for children. No, here's no this. This is what I want to talk about okay. with the child who may be a guest on our podcast. We need to invite them. I, if audiobooks were a thing, and I knew about them. While I was in high school, I think I would have listened to every single book. And I know it's not quite the same. Right, right, right. But that would have been different because I read Catcher in the Rye. I hated that book. I think that is... Then I sometimes read the summer reading, but those were the only books I read in high school. I didn't read the Odyssey, even though now I would be like, yeah, if I had the time, I probably would read it. Didn't read... I had to do multiple different biographies. I didn't read the the biography on on Ditka that I chose. It, it would, oh, I was like, this is not on. I the chose Texas to read. List. Yeah, Coach Ditka. I don't know who that is. Neither famous, do you, apparently. Famous Bears coach. <laughs> okay. He's uh. If you look him up and go to images, there's probably one of him flicking off the camera. Oh, okay, good. It's a very famous image of okay. of Ditka. It's a Chicago thing. Not flicking off the camera. <laughs> Ditka. So there's... So that was a book I chose. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'll read a biography about this you guy. You don't like reading. Didn't read it. Tried to read a biography on Woody Guthrie. I want somebody to, to comment. Like, Woody Guthrie's a pretty big deal. You yet, realize that no one's commented yet on any of these, right? I know people don't comment on... On the podcast. Got it. Do you want me to set up a Twitter account now? (laughs) No, it's fine. So I think that there, but when I did finally start reading books, it was because I read one that I enjoyed. I think it was actually um, the first books that I read and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun was um, Angels and Demons okay yeah and the da vinci code mm-hmm. like I, I enjoyed reading those and then and this was this was all because when i was in australia i didn't have internet in in the little loft that i lived in because i was in the cheapest housing possible it was so cheap it didn't even have internet you couldn't get internet there so 
So I started to read because there was Nothing not else much to else to do. Then I read really good book that I thought it was a really good book. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Okay, no, I, I think my sister read that book. It got yeah. really good, really good uh, reviews. reviews for sure, yeah. And Is that about like an autistic child? Yeah. Okay. And then I read a few others that summer. Those three are the ones, well, not summer. That was like a semester. Those are the three that really stood out. But then that's when I started, I also read, um, that was when I read my first Bill Bryson book called In a Sunburned Country. That was you about that, his traveling in Australia right? You know, while like, I was in Australia. You know, like all the criticism that came out about him, right? What did he do? You keep talking offline now. Oh, maybe Bill. We'll, maybe that will be an off the podcast conversation. Bill, what you do? Bill Bryson, you say? Bill Bryson. I know one of his books got pretty bad reviews. I hope he didn't do something maybe bad. I'm, hold on, I may be confusing it with somebody else. Keep talking. I hope so. We got a lot of his books. Oh, litigation, right? Okay. Some of them that I haven't read yet. So I think his reading his books, even if he has litigation, he writes some oh, no. pretty good books. To clear up, I think he sued the Supreme Court in one, so it had nothing to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm confusing him with somebody else. So okay. I'm so okay. sorry, okay. Bill sorry. Bryson. You are I, a gem. I feel much better now. I really like his books. He has this very witty writing style that makes you feel like you're doing the traveling with him. And in that regard, it I get to mix the idea of traveling while also getting to read and hearing interesting historical facts about an area. So that was what I think that started this nonfiction kick which slowly so it was like travel nonfiction and then I started reading some survival books because it's so you're it's really fun. more of like a how-to kind of guy like you want to read a book that's going to be like make you feel productive and teach you something yeah but the the idea of like the Bill Bryson books I felt like they are a historical trap a historical they're a travel-centered history book. Right, right, so right. one of them was um, there was a book that he wrote called "I'm a Stranger Here Myself," and he he lived in the UK for something like twenty years, came back to the US for another ten, and then went back to the UK for like a year or two, and he wrote a book about rediscovering the UK. This is a book that, that Neil has read. Okay. And I think they have a copy, The Robinsons. So it was this book. And, and one, of the, one of the stories that sticks out is that he was going and traveling through the Royal Gardens, this big fancy thing near Buckingham Palace. And it's, it's like the largest green space in the UK or like in London or something like that. The part that's so funny though, is that he's walking through here, rediscovering these, these gardens and he relates how big it is because he's like, Oh, I'm in the middle of London. I'm going to be perfectly fine. And he ends up feeling like he's about to die of dehydration because he ends up walking something crazy, like 10 miles gets lost. And gets severely dehydrated and then he ends up finding one of those cart vendors buys like five coca-colas and then he ends up with a stomach ache in the end because he chugs all these coca-colas after not drinking or doing not getting any fluids for this very long walk that he has just done so me telling that story like it sounds like it's very roundabout but it's still ingrained in my head, which is which is the really interesting thing because I've never been to the UK, but like that is something that I'm that I have hear, always remembered. I've I'm interested, and now if I go, I'll be like, oh, wait a second, is this the path that Bill Bryson almost died on? You know what I have learned from this discussion? 
Yes. You and I have very vastly different tasted books. <laughs> but okay. I love that you're that read more. That's awesome. As I'm a fan of re- reading, find books that you love and read. Okay. Boom. I'll do it. Okay. Why? What do you like to read? Tell me. Well, I am currently on my 14th book this year. And they have all, they're all, they were all theology books. That's kind of my kick right now. Or books that are on uh, race. Or I used to read theology books. Authors of color. Um, but I like a lot of, I mean, I, I am a history buff. So I really love a good uh, historical nonfiction. I was really into historical fictions. But I've found that as I get older, the ones that are more geared towards my age group are like uh, a sex novels. <laughs> So I kind of steer clear Not from them. Um, so I kind of had to shift my uh, genre of choice. But you want to know what I've never read, which is kind of surprising to me? Tell me. Like a mystery book. Like a I, mystery novel. Like I love like true crime and stuff. You'd think I would like like mystery yeah, books. I just, I don't, I just like, don't think they're, they're not, that good. If they're not real, I'm just like, why well, I don't want to waste yeah. my time. There was this one I read. I don't. I think it was like called the, the Mystery of the Four Corners or something. And it was... Sounds lame. Yeah, it kind of was, but it it took place at Harvard. The only thing I remember, and I actually looked this up afterwards, and it, it had this crazy thing with with underground tunnels because most, as you move from the east to the west, universities still had underground tunnels, where all of the piping was right, for the them. winters. Right. Yeah. And even SMU has them. Yeah. Don't know about further west, but that those tunnels end up playing a big part in the book and taking place at Harvard. Apparently there was this, this um, tradition where on the first snow every year, all of the freshmen would have a naked snowball fight. When is this true? I I don't this remember. Sounds like a Title Nine. I don't case. remember, but I think I think this was a true tradition. We'll we'll have to look it up. I'm gonna look laugh. it up. <laughs> I don't want to type in naked snowball fight into Google. I feel like that is a recipe for <laughs> that's, that's not what you type in. <laughs> well, then what am I supposed to type? I'm gonna in? type in Harvard naked snowball fight. <laughs> Snowball fight. Good luck. Tradition. With that. Oh, so it's a th- real thing. No, I'm going to type in tradition as well. Because you that, think that's going to come up with less that'll nudes? That'll clean it up. Primal Scream. Primal <laughs> Scream is a tradition at Harvard that forms part of the streaking at educational institutions. At midnight, on the last night of reading period and before final exams, students streak through the old yard. I promise you that is not happening. The streakers anymore. begin in the north end of the yard and generally make one lap around the more adventurous, but the more adventurous sometimes aim far more. This is done both semesters, even during the New England winter. I don't think I would bet money that this does not happen anymore. Began in the 60s. Like, I feel like they would be prosecuted. 70s. Let's see. Let's see. John Quincy Adams. Ooh. Is there, is there been, are you going to look at lawsuits? What? Thursday, December 11th, 2014, at 12 o'clock midnight, marked the first time that students ran the naked lap in a clockwise direction. That's dumb. Okay. So it happens still. I feel like that. Oh, I'm like, sorry if that, that watch that audio sound really weird. So that was, that was it. I guess that's the thing. You know what I really want to do? What? I want to finish the second Hunger Games. I know. We've got, we've got some time. So let's bounce and watch it. All right. Well, now that we've talked about naked streaking that's a good good place to end it and all these other things so let me finish that thought real quick so that is the thing that i remember from that book was just that they the bill bryson book no 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 no. this is this is that that fake mystery novel four corners or whatever they snuck out of the 
they they were sneaking around the the underground tunnels with the piping and they pop out in the quad and it just so happens that everybody's doing, doing the streak so they're like oh we can get away from the bad guys doing the streak because they were like in the tunnels running away from somebody and that's the only thing i remember <laughs> so like to me reading that whole book was was kind of a waste of time you because it wasn't memorable but it was not a waste of time because it provided a good solid five minutes of this podcast and if, would you have known can you just to send little vibes to your however old self and let him know it was worth it i'm totally kidding it really wasn't it it sounds like utter trash if if anybody's learned anything from this podcast Joe's book recommendations Are involve <laughs> historical nonfiction travel books or something With like survival. Don't read. But no women hunter books. Don't read fat mystery novels that are just utter trash. There you go. But here we go. And if there is a, if there is a female hunter out there who's written a book, send go us a message. Send me, send me a copy. And I'll I'll plug it on the podcast. Boom. All right. Well, Batir, we're gonna go watch the rest of the Hunger Games. Yeah, get it. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.